Homilies 32 and 33 of 50 Spiritual Homilies of St. Macarios the Egyptian Translated by A. J. Mason This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 32 The glory of Christians abides even now in their souls and will be manifested at the time of resurrection and will glorify their bodies in correspondence with their piety. The languages of this world differ. Every nation has a language of its own. But Christians learn one new language, and are all instructed under one wisdom of God, not a wisdom of this world, nor of this passing age. And as Christians walk in this creation, they come upon new and heavenly sights, and upon glories and mysteries, taking occasion by what meets their senses. There are various kinds of tame animals, as horse and ox, each of them has its own body and its own voice. So also among wild beasts. The lion has its own body and its own voice, and the stag likewise. And among creeping things there is great variety, and among winged creatures there are many forms of body. The body and voice of the eagle is one, the body and voice of the hawk is another. There are the same varieties in the sea, many bodies unlike each other. And in the earth there are many seeds, but each seed has its own fruit. There are many trees, but some trees are bigger and some smaller, and the crops that they bear are very different, for each kind of tree has a flavor of its own. And there are herbs and great differences between them, some profitable for health, others only for fragrance but each tree produces from within the clothing which meets the eye, leaves and blossoms and fruits. The seeds likewise bring forth from within the clothing that we see. The lilies themselves produce their raiment from within and adorn the sword. Even so those Christians, to whom it has been granted to gain in this life the heavenly raiment, have that raiment dwelling in their souls. And when it is ordained of God that this creation should be dissolved, and that heaven and earth should pass away, then the heavenly raiment, which here and now had clothed and glorified their souls, and which they had possessed in their hearts, that same shall assuredly enrobe with glory their naked bodies also, which rise from the tombs, the bodies which awaken that day even with the invisible heavenly gift and raiment which Christians receive even now. But as the sheep or the camels, when they find grass, greedily and hastily get to the food, and store up provender within themselves, and in time of hunger bring up the same from their maw, and chew the cud, and have for their food what they had before laid in, so in like manner those who have now seized the kingdom of heaven, and living in spirit have tasted of the heavenly food, at the time of resurrection have that same to cover and to warm all their members. As then we spoke of the variety of seeds, that many are sown in the same ground and yield a diversity of fruits, all unlike each other, and likewise of trees, that some are bigger and some less, but one ground holds the roots of them all. 
even so the heavenly church being but one is without number and each is adorned by the glory of the spirit in a manner peculiar to himself for as the birds produce out of their own bodies the raiment of their feathers and great is the variety among them for some flit along near the ground while others soar in the air or as the heaven is one and contains in itself many stars some brighter some greater some smaller but all are fixed in the heaven so the saints are in diverse manners rooted in the one heaven of the godhead and in the earth invisible so also the thoughts which come to adam are different when they come but the spirit coming into the heart makes one thought and one heart for both those above and those below are governed by the same spirit but what are the animals that divide the hoof since with their cloven hoof they make straight way they are set for a figure of those who walk uprightly in the law but as the body's shadow is from the body itself but cannot fulfill any fleshly function for a shadow cannot bind up wounds or give food or speak and yet it is from the body itself and shows in advance the coming of the body so the ancient law is a shadow of the new covenant the shadow reveals the truth beforehand but it had no ministration of the spirit moses clothed in flesh could not enter into the heart and take away the filthy garments of darkness only spirit of spirit and fire of fire dissolves the power of the evil darkness circumcision in the shadow of the law foreshows the true circumcision of the heart approaching the baptism of the law is a shadow of the true realities that baptism washed the body but here a baptism of fire and spirit cleanses and washes the polluted mind there a priest compassed with infirmity entered into the holy place offering sacrifice for himself and for the people here the true high priest even christ entered once for all into the tabernacle not made with hands and the altar above ready to cleanse those who ask him and the conscience that has been defiled for he says i will be with you until the end of the world the high priest had on his breast two precious stones and they bore the names of the twelve patriarchs what was done there was a type for in such a manner the lord put on the apostles and sent them as evangelists and heralds of the whole world you see how the shadow shows the approach of the reality yet just as the shadow has no function to perform and heals no troubles so neither could the ancient law heal the wounds or troubles of the soul for indeed it had no life the conjunction of two particular things makes a perfect whole for example to covenants man was made after the image and similitude of god he has two eyes two eyebrows two hands two feet and if he should chance to have but one eye or one hand or one foot it is something to find fault with 
If a bird has but one wing, it cannot possibly fly with it. So the nature of mankind, if it remains naked and by itself, and does not receive the mixture and communion of the heavenly nature, has failed to be put right. It remains naked and deserving of blame in its own nature, in great defilement. For the soul itself was surnamed the temple and habitation of God, and the king's bride. For it says, I will dwell in them, and walk in them. So it pleased God, because he came down from holy heavens and embraced thy reasonable nature, the flesh, which is of the earth, and mingled it with his divine spirit, in order that thou, the earthy, mightest receive the heavenly soul. And when thy soul has communion with the spirit, and the heavenly soul enters into thy soul, then art thou a perfect man in God, and an heir, and a son. But as neither the ages above nor those below can take in the greatness and incomprehensibleness of God, so neither the worlds above nor those of earth are able to comprehend his minuteness, and how he makes himself small to those who are minute and small. As his greatness is incomprehensible, so also is his minuteness, and it comes to pass that he arranges for thee to be in afflictions and sufferings and humiliations, and the things which thou deemest to be contrary to thee, these prove to be for thy soul's good. If thou desirest to be in the world and to become rich, misfortune meets thee. Thou beginnest to think with thyself, because I have failed in the world, what if I were to go away and renounce it and serve God? When thou art come to this point, thou hearest the commandment saying, Sell what thou hast, hate fleshly society, serve God. Then thou beginnest to thank thy misfortune in the world, that on that account I am found obedient to the commandment of Christ. Well then, in part, so far as outward things go, thou hast changed thy mind, and withdrawn from the world and from fleshly society. It behoves thee therefore to be changed in mind likewise from the fleshly temper to the heavenly temper. Well, at the very sound thereof, thou beginnest to discriminate, and thou no longer hast rest, but only care and trouble to gain what thou hast heard of. And when thou deemest thyself to have done all by renouncing, the Lord taketh account with thee. Why dost thou boast? Did not I create thy body and thy soul? Did not I make the gold and silver? What hast thou done? The soul begins to make confession and to beseech the Lord and say, All things are thine. The house I am in is thine. My clothes are thine. From thee is my food, and of thee am I supplied for every need. Then the Lord begins to reply, I thank thee, the goods are thine own, the good will is thine own, and because of thy love towards me, since thou hast made me thy refuge, come, I will now give thee what hitherto neither thou hast gained, nor do men have it upon earth. Take me, thy Lord, 
with thine own soul, that thou mayest ever be with me in joy and gladness. A woman espoused to a husband brings all that she has and her whole dowry, and out of her great affection casts it into the hands of her husband and says this, I have nothing of my own. All that I have is yours, and my dowry is yours, and my soul and my body are yours. So also the wise soul is virgin to the Lord, having communion with his Holy Spirit. But as he, when he came upon earth, suffered and was crucified, so it behoves thee also to suffer with him. When thou withdrawest from the world, and beginnest to seek God, and to discriminate, then thou findest thyself at war with thine own nature in its old habits and the custom that thou hast grown up with. And in warring against custom, thou discoverest thoughts that oppose thee and war against thy mind. And these thoughts drag thee and make thee stray into the material world from which thou camest out. So thou beginnest to wage conflict and battle, setting in motion thoughts against thoughts, mind against mind, soul against soul, spirit against spirit, and there the soul is in agony of fear. For there is revealed a certain hidden, subtle power of darkness seated in the heart, and the Lord is nigh thy soul and body, seeing thy battle, and puts in thee secret heavenly thoughts, and begins to give thee rest in secret. But he suffers thee to be chastened for a while, and grace provides that thou shouldst come into these very afflictions. And when thou comest into rest, grace makes herself known to thee, and shows thee that it was for thy benefit that she permitted thee to be exercised. It is as when a rich man has a child, and the child a tutor. For a while he makes him smart with straps, and the chastisement and the stripes and the wheels appear grievous, until the child becomes a man, and then he begins to thank the tutor. So does grace chastise thee by design, until thou comest unto a perfect man. The husbandman flings the seed in every direction, and he who plants a vine wishes that all of it should bear fruit. So he applies the pruning-hook, and if he finds no fruit, he is grieved. So the Lord wishes his word to be sown in the hearts of men. But as the husbandman is grieved at the unrepaying ground, so the Lord is grieved at the unrepaying heart which bears no fruit. As the winds blow everywhere, over all creation, and as the sun lightens upon all the world, so the Godhead is everywhere, and is everywhere found. If thou seekest him in heaven, he is found there in the thoughts of the angels. If thou seekest him upon earth, he is found here also in the hearts of men. But few out of many are found the Christians who are well-pleasing to him. Glory and majesty to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost for ever. Amen. Homily 33. We ought to pray to God continually and with attention. It behoves us to pray, not by bodily habit, nor the habit of crying, 
nor by a custom of silence or of bending the knees, but soberly, taking heed to our minds, to wait upon God, until He shall come to us and visit the soul through all its modes of egress and its paths and senses, and so to be silent when we ought, and to cry out when we ought, and to pray with loud crying, so long as the mind is strong towards God. As the body, when at work, is entirely occupied with the work on which it is engaged, and all the members of it help one another, so let the soul be entirely given up to asking and love towards the Lord, not wandering and carried about with thoughts, but with all its might endeavouring and gathering itself up with all its thoughts, and bent upon waiting for Christ. And thus will he lighten upon it, teaching it the true asking, giving it the pure spiritual prayer, which is worthy of God, and the worship which is in spirit and in truth. But as one who has taken up the profession of merchandise is not content with a single device for getting gain, but presses forward to increase and multiply his gain in every direction, after one device pursuing another, and then running on to another expedient, and always shying off from what is unprofitable, runs to that which is more lucrative. So let us also fit our souls out with versatility and skill, to obtain the great true gain, even God, who teaches us truly to pray. In this way the Lord rests upon the soul's good intention, making it a throne of glory, and sitting and resting upon it. That was what we heard from the prophet Ezekiel concerning the spiritual creatures harnessed to the chariot of the Lord. He represents them to us as eyes all over, as the soul is that carries God, or rather is carried by God. It becomes all I. As a house that has its master at home is full of all orderliness and beauty and seemliness, so the soul which has its Lord with it and abiding in it is full of all beauty. It has the Lord with his spiritual treasures for its inhabitant and its charioteer. But woe to the house whose master is away and whose Lord is not present. It is desolate and broken down, full of all uncleanness and disorder. There, as the prophet says, sirens and demons dwell. In the deserted house are cats and dogs and all uncleanness. Woe to the soul that does not arise from its grievous fall, nor receive the fair master of the house, even Christ, for its inhabitant, but remains in its uncleanness, and has within it those who persuade and compel it to have enmity with its own bridegroom, and desire to corrupt its thoughts from Christ. But when the Lord sees that to the best of its ability the soul recollects itself, always seeking and waiting for the Lord night and day, and crying to Him, even as He commanded, to pray without ceasing in everything. He will avenge it, as He promised, cleansing it from the evil within it, and will present it unto Himself, a bride without blemish and without spot. Now, if you believe that these things are true, as indeed they are, 
take heed to yourself, whether your soul has found the light to guide it, and the true meat and drink which is the Lord. If you have not, seek night and day that you may receive. When you see the sun, seek the true sun, for you are blind. When you behold the light, look into your soul, whether you have found the true light, the good light. All the things which meet the senses are a shadow of the true realities of the soul. There is another man within, besides the man who is seen, and eyes which Satan has blinded, and ears which he has deafened. And Jesus came to make this inward man whole, to whom be the glory and the might, with the Father and the Holy Ghost for ever. Amen. End of Homily 33